friends friends welcome back to the film alchemist podcast the show where we take the movies we love break them apart to find out what gives them their magic halloween magic october magic the darkest kind of magic welcome back to the 31 days 31 pods october mega marathon here at the film alchemist podcast we're about a third of the way through we're on our second franchise we're here today to discuss phantasm 2 and you know what that means we're joined again by our friend and returning co-host for this here franchise, Carmelita Valdez McCoy. Say hi to the people. Hi, friend. Uh, would you like to tell everyone where they can find you before we get rolling here on Phantasm 2? Sure. Folks can find me on Twitter if it hasn't imploded yet. <laughs> At the time We're going to put that disclaimer on everything. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We're recording in the distant <laughs> past where Twitter's still on its last leg. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to limp along and survive, but, you know, who knows? So, yes, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Letterboxd. Same handle for both, at Carmelita Says. That's right. And if you guys would be so kind, if you want every movie, all 31 movies this month, you got to go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Uh, Beyond the October stuff, we have a huge Patreon-exclusive library over there. Mini series, commentaries, all kinds of stuff. We're working really hard to make that fun for you. So if you'd be so kind, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. You want every movie, folks. You want every goddamn movie. You do. Sure. I promise you. And you actually get a vote on the movies. So our patrons picked the two movies this month that will be our uh, exclusives. But here we are. We find ourselves at Phantasm 2. This is the biggest, bigger, shinier, prettier Phantasm, right? Mike got a massive glow up. Mike is way hotter in this movie <laughs> than he was in the last one. <laughs> Everything's looking shiny, bigger, new. Um... We start the tradition that I love in Phantasm of starting exactly where the last movie left off and replaying chunks of the last movie. But I yeah. thought it was funny because we were reading uh, before the show started. I was just looking up the IMDb trivia for this movie, and it actually had me fucking cracking up. So we're going to read some of those off to get us into Phantasm 2 headspace. Number one, this was the lowest budgeted film Universal <laughs> produced in the 80s. Love that. <laughs> Uh, the film's $3 million budget was 10 times larger than that of Phantasm 1979 and the biggest one in the entire series. That makes sense. I won't read you the whole thing, but there's a long bit of trivia here about the scene where they fucking blow up Reggie's house and how essentially the a man responded, this is for Phantasm, blow the hell out of it and let them explode a movie <laughs> off the California 105 while it was under construction. Neither here nor there. Here's the one that had me dying because they clearly wanted Mike to be a sexually uh, yes. worthy Mike in this movie. Fucking Brad Pitt auditioned for the role of Mike in this movie, <laughs> which I find fucking hilarious. I love this alternate universe where I kinda, Brad I love Pitt all, was yes. in this. I love all of the hot guys <laughs> that become A-list actors and seeing their start in horror movies. Yeah. Love that. That's something I'll never get sick of. But here we go. Brad Pitt auditioned for Mike. And Reggie Bannister did all of his own stunt work for the film, except the scene where he had to jump over the chainsaw, which they wouldn't let him do. So he would have done it, but they said no. And honestly, when I saw that scene, I was like, yeah, that made my body hurt. Like, that's how you blow an ACL. You do something really bad to yourself. Yeah, scary. Because I'm getting old. All right. So this movie comes out in 1988. <laughs> Right, so we have a, a long window here since Phantasm One. So what we learn, what we start, just to start the movie, is that the last movie was a dream. We start in this amazing opening where, well, actually, before we even get to the it's a dream stuff, we have another Phantasm amazing opening scene, which is the assault on Reggie's estate by the minions. So, yeah. Carmelita, walk me through. There's a lot of moving parts in this opening scene. They said it's been about nine years, and we're coming out fucking guns blazing. Yeah. Well, and this is this is kind of a cool thing that it's like the it's like the sequel is happening kind of in real time. Because mm -hmm. seventy nine to eighty eight, enough time and, for him for Mike's glow up. Absolutely, and Reggie looks nine years older you know so it all tracks right he's graying yeah he's graying 
and and he looks like one of those guys that like he's stuck in the 70s like that was yeah. his his prime mm-hmm. and he's hanging on for dear life i hope that's i was like do people see us and they're like they're stuck in the 90s <laughs> like that was when it was great for them i don't know if we were distinctive as the 70s but it's pretty distinctive if you go to like a shopping center now and you see very clearly 90s inspired clothing and i'm just like oh we wore that and i wish i i wanted better for the youth that came after us to not have to go there you shouldn't have right we didn't know our gene co's our doc martens (laughs) my favorite was the wearing a long sleeve white shirt like even almost a white thermal shirt under a t-shirt sure yeah no matter how hot it was didn't matter we did that for you guys, and you didn't appreciate it. <laughs> you didn't appreciate it. So so in this opening, I love this. We get – well, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool how we're introduced to this girl, Liz, who has a right. psychic connection to Michael. Yes, and for through some her, reason, we start to get this recap. Yes, the tall man has a group of kids who are psychically connected to him that he's luring to him. Yeah. Again, reinforcing in a different way that he's the lonely guy who's looking for some connection. This yeah. time he's not banging drunken fools at a bar, but no. luring children to him, which luring might be children. not as not as empathetic as the last movie. Right. And so we kind of get the recap where they and we we get this the introduction of how these recaps show us what we've already seen, but then it starts to recontextualize as we get more details. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's really cool. But then we see that Mike is in this mental hospital because if you go on and on about these deadly spheres and interdimensional slavery (laughs) and a man, uh, this tall man who can't die. And turns into a woman and bangs your brother. Right. Like, they say, okay, 5150 this kid. Like <laughs> it's it's not hard to imagine if you were just recapping the plot of Phantasm and said that yeah. that really happened, that people would think you were off your nut. That you're you're yeah, you that you this need guy some might need help. some alone time before he farts starts wearing right. us his skin suits. Yeah. <laughs> Something's and, off. <laughs> and Mike is is connecting with this girl while he, you know, psychically or whatever and through dreams and then he gets out. Reggie comes to pick him up. Again, Reggie, true blue friends. So we missed find something out... big, though. What? Well, the what? Start, so what got Mike in incarcerated, right, is the film starts uh-huh. with this assault on Reggie's house. Reggie's picking his guitar exactly where we left off at the end of last movie. He hears oh, you're Mike, right. Yes, yes. He hears Mike scream. Ah, the first yes. thing we see is Reggie runs up the stairs, peeks his head in the room, and they see like very graphically dragging Mike's unconscious body across the floor in the broken glass. Yeah. And this starts, this is our first taste of man of action, Reggie. Yeah. So he hops in, he runs downstairs. He's looking for shells. Little minion jumps out of the cabinet, right? Fight, fight, fight. Now there's a fucking ton of them. So Reggie puts out the pilot lights on his gas stove. So the fireplace will blow his house up. Army man's up a lazy Susan. Baseball bats this fucking thing down the stairs. He jukes the, the tall man. And then him and Mike dive out the window in one of the most memorable shots. Because the way <laughs> the stunt person for Mike is coming down, you're like, that dude's paralyzed or dead. Like, he's like, yeah, vertical, there's no way. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, one of the scariest things in the movie is watching how not tuck and roll that stunt man looked. Yes. Hopefully he's all right. Because that's not on the trivia. <laughs> but it's kind of this like. This taste of what the franchise wants to be now. Yeah. Because we mix that with Reggie telling him that didn't happen. Right? And he's telling the doctor, like, yeah, I know. It was, uh, you know, I was in a stressful time. I invented it. He's like, yeah, right. Just tell him what he wants to know so I can get out of here. And his inner monologue. Yeah. And then he goes straight from the hospital to dig up corpses. <laughs> and Reggie's like, no, man, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. He's like, oh, damn it. Stop it. Stop it. We know what happened. You're going to go... <laughs> Like, shit, knock it the fuck off, right? <laughs> yes. And so it's kind of an amazing resetting. Here's what we want Phantasm to be. 
but we can't admit it. Like, stop, stop. Like, Reggie just telling him, like, yeah. shut the fuck up. I got a good shut thing up. going. I got a wife and a kid. Like, knock it the fuck off. You blew up my last house. Be cool. I love where this movie starts. I think it's, it's one of the cool. best things. The Phantasm franchise always comes out of the gate hot. And yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and, you know, I think in – there have been other films, and I, I can't think of a spe- something specific off the top of my head, but – you know, when you get like a sequel and it'll like do a recap of the first movie and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. Can we just move it I along? I usually hate it. I'm with you on that. Right. But not in the Phantasm not franchise. Phantasm. Yeah. It's I used effectively. Mm-hmm. It's used it to great effect. Well, I think the other one too, this one, it had been nine years. Yeah. And Phantasm 1 was a low budget cult classic. So in this one, I think there is a good chance that a lot of people would have forgotten or not known. This wasn't in the yes. streaming everything's available era. A lot of people probably went to see Phantasm 2 without renting Phantasm 1 or having even seen it. Yeah. So in absolutely. this one, I think it serves a function and then it just kind of sets a trope for the rest of the franchise. Which I'm okay with, man. And then... By the time we get the Reggie's like, hey, man, I still want to be cool, but fuck off. He's kind of talking him through like, it'll be all right. This fucking terrible event happened, but that dude moved on. The tall man's not here now. It's fine. When Reggie's house fucking blows up, it's a brutal gut punch. I mean, all of this happens within, what, five minutes of the start of the movie? Yeah. You get an action scene, a lie to your therapist, digging up graves, Reggie's daughter, wife, and aunt all fucking mm-hmm. blown to smithereens immediately perish in a fiery inferno like hard fucking core man it's a brutal brutal start to this movie so they're letting us know they're like even though it's a little glitzier and glamier looking we are still going the hardest like we're yes. still fucking going hard yes and it's now lo- we're locking reggie in yeah cuz reggie the life that he had built for himself mm-hmm. in the in the years since what happened in the first movie, like now he's got it's all gone. Literally went up in flames. And Reggie's yes. ready to commit. Well, cause, yeah, because Mike is hearing voices, right? Welcome home, boy. You played mm-hmm. a good game. He hears it and is like, we gotta get home quick. Mike is hearing these things. Reggie doesn't hear shit. No. So Reggie has to take, it's kind of an interesting play on the first movie, is he has to take Mike at his word, who the state incarcerated for making up this fantasy. And there are times in the movie where Reggie starts waning. Yeah. Right? Like kind of hinting that he thinks Mike's full of shit. But we get this kind of Sarah Connor voiceover. Right? Like a a Terminator Mm -hmm. 2 like set of voiceovers. Totally. Like it's all (laughs) like he signed, you know. We got things to do. I'm I'm enlisted for the duration now. We got on the road. Yeah. yeah, right? And they're just like, they're like, let's go. We're montaging, but they're not stealing. They put the money in the thing. So we're setting up just this, this is the franchise now. We no longer are locked in at houses. We're not, this is not a normal suburban life attacked anymore. This is not a dream anymore. This is us fucking going to kill a monster. Every single movie is the classic hero's tale of we're going to go find a monster and try to kill it. Yeah. And I think this section of the movie's hyper effective. The voiceover writing is a big step up from the last movie, right? They had this line in there I loved because I'm from a really small town, right? Small towns are like people. Some grow old and die. Some get murdered. Yeah. Right. And so while they're doing this, like necessary setting us up for the new world of the franchise, I thought the voiceovers were great. The driving into a fucking like derelict city, Um, the set of the first mausoleum they enter where they had all those graves and Reggie and Mike are like catwalking through them. And the mausoleum itself looks awesome. And then we get some effects. I, I just I think this one really put to work all the things that made the first one great. But it's just so much bigger. It is. It is. And I and I think too, one of the the cool things, this franchise, maybe more than a lot of the others, and and we're just, you know, this is just the second movie. So we're just getting starting to get a hint of this. 
that this really like one film builds to the next mm -hmm. and it's building off of what came before, but it's adding in this case, it's making it bigger, but we're drawing on that dream thing with this psychic connection with the tall man communicating with Michael. He like has an extra like yearning for Mike for some reason. Yeah, we don't know. It's like we're, we're, we're going from that ending of the first film, which anyone who listened to the last episode knows we thought was a little hinky, but, but we're building off of that. Mm -hmm. Take they, that they thing that it. seemed a little yes. shoehorned and yes, and use it, use it to build on the mythology. Absolutely. That's yeah. going to become the franchise. Yeah, and by the time we're back in Mausoleum, we feel comfortable, weird, as weird as that is to say. When we see the naked, mm -hmm. dead surgery victim on the table, we're like, oh, yeah, we're in Phantasm. And then we see Liz, hunchback Liz in the basement, and when they lift the robe and her spine rips out and it's the head of yeah. the Slender – or the, the – not the Slender Man, the, uh, the, the tall man, kind of almost doing a Freddy Krueger gag. Like, you could tell that yeah. there had been multiple Freddy Krueger movies between these. Absolutely. His, some of his his dream escapades start taking this – I think they started – they probably had to answer the question, how does the tall man fit into this landscape of horror? And I'm sure yeah. they said he's not a Jason Michael Leatherface. He's much more of a Freddy Krueger. I I would be shocked if that comparison was not made at some point. Or that, it had to have Because that is a straight Nightmare on Elm Street gag in the middle of Phantasm. But but we don't care. It's just cool, right? Where it's just, you know, he sets traps for us. So now we're like, ooh. Every time they go anywhere, we're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Because unlike this, the first movie is this, the tall man is just doing his thing. He's just getting paid and getting laid. And this family is like spying on him, right? They're intruding on his shit. And as we learn, may have fucked the whole world because now they've sent him on a traveling road show. Mm-hmm. He's just decimating Oregon towns all over the place. Because <laughs> <laughs> he'd been in their town for like a hundred years and everything was fine. But now they yeah, put him into overdrive. Out. Yeah. So their fault for starting the apocalypse. Um, <laughs> But this one is really this like hunt for... There's this kind of cool... And this is one of those like film nerd things I think we do is we assign a lot of meeting to things afterwards. Sure. But I think there's a real when you struggle with grief and loss like this family obviously has, you want there to be cosmic justice. And so in a way this is that movie where it's these guys just fucking fighting against nature itself. Mm. Like how fucking dare the world be such a cruel place. We're going to go, we don't know how they make money. We don't know what they do. They obviously have a bunch of money, right? I don't know if that life insurance and house insurance check came in and they're just living off that. Right. But they're just these, like they even pay when they steal the stuff. We think they're stealing it. They pay. They are noble knights questing to fucking defeat dark forces in the world. They cause us undue pain that should not exist. This family should not have gone through that. And I think there's kind of no. this, this cool Arthurian thing to that, right? Where, it's not something you expect in your phantasm, but it's not bad. No, it's not bad. You know what I mean? I, I thought bad. it was kind of a cool new headspace to get in. Instead of this mismatch yeah. of dream psychedelic horror imagery, we've really made Reggie and Mike these fucking avenging knights. I fucking yeah, love that. They're on a quest. Movie. They're on a fucking quest. Do they pick they're up a, a woman so that Reggie can just immediately start sexually assaulting her? Yes. <laughs> okay. He's actually not assaulting this one. He's sexually pestering her. Yeah. Well, part three is where he like really takes the turn. He really takes the turn. So again, you know, these, these characters are kind of your average Joe. Yeah. Kind of guys. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we, we slowly are picking up little, the little nuances of their personality. Mm -hmm. And when Reggie picks up, Alchemy. <laughs> Alchemy. Kemi for short. That is one of those <laughs> dumb writing things where I was like, this hat, she has to be like a tall man bomb. Because he saw her right. dead with her tits out. Right. And now she's immediately just wanting to fuck Reggie. Like the moment <laughs> they get into this like ghostly house and they're setting up their booby yes. trap, she's like, want to bang? And it's like, what? 
I'm gonna read you her my, her sexual hotness to fucking Reggie's is so lopsided. I wrote in my notes, and yeah. I quote: "The Reggie Alchemy sex scene is its own kind of horror." Okay. There's a lot to unpack here. We got to take this beat by beat. Because my favorite thing was my son said the reason he liked this movie better was that Mike looked like he could play football in this movie. And I was like, I don't know what that means. You just like a fucking square jaw, like a good looking guy. Fun. I was like, all right. He looks more like a guy who could bang a random lady he picks up who is a young, attractive hippie, Oregon hippie, right? Her just dry humping the shit out of Reggie. And then a grenade goes off in the kitchen that is Who's so old enough to casual. be her dad. Oh, by far. And he just is like, oh, a grenade went off. Let me run down there casually. Doesn't even have to put clothes on because they're both still wearing clothes. That zipper it's is just weird. chewing into Reggie like yeah. an orb from another planet. And she's – Alchemy is making all these weird whooping noises. Yeah. And like – Woo-hoo! And she's like moving in this really unnatural way. It yes. was kind of like Showgirls. It was kind of like it the sex, the pool sex scene in Showgirls. Mixed with that cowboy movie my mom used to love, Eight Seconds. Oh, yes. If a showgirl had to ride a bull for eight seconds, that's exactly what this. Scene that's is. what this was. Yeah, that that sex scene is. But I think it's to it's be the, careful it's the what you wish thing. for. It's the weirdest thing in the whole franchise. It so is far. the weirdest thing. It's weirder than the the. The, th- the tall man being so empty that he's trying yes. to feel love, right? That's a very Frankenstein kind of a vibe, right? Yeah. Makes, this one that is, makes so much more sense. We take this – I love Reggie Bannister, but the, he is not like a fucking <laughs> WAP generator, right? And he immediately gets what he wants, and the whole scene is him going, ugh. It's like, who is this for? I was like, is this Coscarelli telling us like horny whore boys? Teenage it's boys so like, hey, weird. man. Do you really think this is how it happens? No. <laughs> if Alchemy gets in that car and immediately wants to bang Reggie, that's a red flag. That's a, that's re- a red fucking wrong. flag. Something's wrong. Right? You have to know where your sexual slinging level is. And if magically, this is something <laughs> I, I told some kids in my neighborhood this weirdly today. And it made me sound really like a, an old man, which I didn't like. But they were talking about how everything they get is free, so they don't ever have to spend money. I was like, someone's spending Mm. money. And I told him, I said, I took a class in college at economics, right? And the first thing you learn, there's no free lunch. And it made me, I'm like, oh, my God, am I like an old dad now? Like, I don't know anything about money or finances. I'm not that kind of a dad. But I just had this, like, I slipped into it for a moment. I was like, fuck. But then I was watching Phantasm 2, and I was like, but that's true about dick, too. That's true about dick and pussy. Right. If you are all of a sudden somewhere and someone's so much fucking higher on the scale than you and I know and people are going to at you. Yeah. People are going to be mad at me for saying this. And I know everyone should be body positive and I hope everyone is. I hope everyone's happy yes. in their skin. But if I'm sitting there and Monica Bellucci comes down and she's like, hey, guy who's significantly overweight, normally has a mustache, is 40 with a bad back and knees. Right. Who's not a millionaire. Right, wearing cargo shorts and flip flops at the bar, I want to fuck your brains out. I would say yes, but in the back of my head, I would be preparing to die. You're suspicious. You're suspicious. We have Question our levels. Everything. We have our levels right. in this game, right? I used to be best friends with this male model in L.A. Right, lovely guy. He was a bartender. I was a bouncer, and then his his modeling career took off. Just a fucking gloriously handsome man. And so we'd go to bars and like we'd just be able to walk into bars like I didn't have to wait in lines and shit like L.A. clubs. Sure. And I was like, what's happening? Like, do we know someone? He's like, no. And like I was like his I was like his fat (laughs) big friend to like keep it cool. Right. So like he didn't get beat up. But dude, we, we were sitting there one night and someone just sent drinks over to us. And I was like, what's happening? And the bartender's like, oh, yeah, that that those group of girls bought you guys drinks. And I was like, what? I was like, do we know them? And he's like, no. And I was like, this has literally <laughs> never happened to me. I was like, no girl's ever bought a drink for me. And then in my mind, I'm like, they're not buying it for you now, stupid. They're buying it. But we would just go right. places and women would just buy us drinks because he was so fucking beautiful. And he was so beautiful that he was so uninterested in it. Right? Like, there's a weird thing sure. about people that can just fuck anyone they want at any time that you, you kind of start to understand how it works at that high level of the game where they're just like, it's right. not exciting to just have a one night stand because they could fuck in a Walmart bathroom. 
Yeah. yeah. So it was like, it was a whole like behind. I mean, I felt like Mike and Reggie in the world of the tall man. I was in the science fiction realm, <laughs> but it taught me, you know, like <laughs> is those kind of women are just coming up and like immediately with no questions asked, throwing it. And you've never off. had this experience before in your life. Oh, me? And all, and no, I'm just saying like, like for Reggie. Yes. I'm guessing this doesn't usually happen to you, Reggie. No. You know? So you would you would think like no okay, one this is, is fucking running and no. jumping over bushes and shrubs to fuck the ice cream man <laughs> with the corduroy boogie down cap. Yeah, with the fucking bald spot and the mini ponytail, <laughs> who's probably on everyone's like, hey, don't let your kids buy right. ice cream from him. Right. We learned that Reggie's a noble hero, but as a parent, that'd be a yes. red. Like there are nights when maybe you just I one night I'll never forget I did a New Year's Eve party <laughs> with this exact guy. And we rode in a limo with these Russian models who I'm pretty sure were over here for like some illegal shit. Mm. Right. It seemed like maybe this was like a prostitution ring we'd stumbled on. That's a whole other story Uh for another day. Right. That I don't need to share here. But we got invited to the Maxim New Year's Eve party and they held it in the Chinese theater down in Hollywood. Mm. And I swear to God, that night. That night was the most desirable I'd ever been to attractive women ever because I looked like I didn't belong. (laughs) They looked at me and they're like, why is that guy here? And I think in their minds, they're like, if he's here, there must be some really good reason for it. There's something going on. Exactly. There literally wasn't. My best friend was just like, hey, I'd rather hang out and drink with you than my girlfriend. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And so I was being like swarmed at times because they must have thought I owned Maxim. They must have thought I was like a trust fund baby. And so like for a night I experienced it. And I was like, the moment they learn this ruse, it all crumbles and collapses. (laughs) Right. But even in that moment where I had slid through the system, I knew there's no free pussy. There's no free dick. Right. Like there are consequences to your actions. And that's kind of, I don't know by the end of the film what Kimmy is. Like, is alchemy good and then the tall man mind controls her? Was she a form of the tall man? Like, what the fuck is going on with her? I have, I think Because Mike sees her as a dead body at the start. Yes. I never figured out what her deal was. And I don't, and I don't think we do in this film, but I think Uh, we'll get some answers in the third film. Just like the it's a dream thing at the beginning of the first film didn't make a lot of sense. Mm. And then this film expounds on that yeah. and makes it fit a little better. Yeah. But yes, no, you're right. It's like, okay, well, is Kemi. Is she the tall man? She's not the tall man. I didn't think is so. She, Cause she pulls her like, like head down. Right. She pulls, starts peeling it's her weird. scalp off. It's ironic. Cause Reggie has the dream to Mike that he's like, I'm still not sure she isn't just a wet dream of yours. Like not realizing the irony that like 10 minutes later. Yeah. That he thinks alchemy is a real person that wants to fuck him. Right. But it's bizarre. It is bizarre. The alchemy is the weirdest thing in this movie. <laughs> so weird. By like miles. Because <laughs> essentially they stop to pee together. And he's just like, hey, man, I don't know. Like she could die if she hangs out with us. And Reggie's like, it's cool. She's hot. And I was like, Reggie's just yes. willing for her to get murdered and turned into an intergalactic slave on the off chance he could get some puss. Yes, it's <laughs> Reggie's justification for like, no, nah, yeah. you know, we picked her up, and this is my this is my chance to get laid. A common like, trope Reggie. of Reggie throughout the rest of the franchise yes. is, hey, let's put it all on hold so I can try to bang. Uh, it really it's is an thing. important thing for him. <laughs> it's a thing. Oh, shit. Um, There's some really cool stuff that's happening besides this, too. I actually thought some of the best stuff in the movie was I am a huge fan of sweaty priests that realize they have not oh lived up God. to their cloth. Yeah. I fucking loved, <laughs> loved this segment of the movie. There's an old man who died. It's Liz's grandfather. This is how Liz comes into our tale, right? So Liz is starting to see hints of... The tall man, right? She's in here. Grandpa's in the casket. When he's like, I can't do it. Any- I can't turn my cheeks any longer. And he stabs grandpa and the camera turns around yeah. and grandma passes out in the aisle. 
perfection. That is yeah. perfection yeah. to me. I could watch that the- shit all day. <laughs> I I love how we, you know, coming into this, it's like when as the as they're walking in to like start the funeral, it's like everyone's acting super weird. There's like four the two- people there. The granddaughter's like, I actually need to leave. Like she didn't know what right. time the funeral was. Yeah, like everyone's being weird. There's these two Undertaker guys, like Paul Bear guys that are look creepy and there's a good reason for that because they're tall man minions and then the priest is acting super shady like he keeps looking over his shoulder he's sweating he's drinking out of a flask and you're like what is this guy's deal yeah and then when he takes out this yeah (laughs) yeah this ceremonial dagger and 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 stabs the corpse of grandpa and you're just like was he working with him like what was his job was is a priest supposed to be able to fight intergalactic warlords when they show up I don't know. And it's they made it's it like seem late. like he had made a shady deal with something. The tall man. He must have. Because he had the dagger. Because he presides too. over the funerals. That was the blonde woman banging dagger. Right. Yes. Same dagger. He must have been in on it. Yeah, maybe he had made some kind of deal. But some I, kind of Faustian I, I'm bargain. I'm remiss that I can't remember who that actor was, but fucking crushed this role. <laughs> like fucking crushed it, right? Like he's an amazing he's sweaty a- priest. Kenneth Tigger, T-I-G-A-R. Okay. No, it's okay. actually one of my cinematic catnips. I love sweaty priests that like have tons of regret and remorse. <laughs> yeah. Love this that. This guy has it. Oh, he's great I love the, the image of him being hung by a rosary. His own rosary. Yeah. Hell is yeah, very man. cool. Oh, very dude. How cool about imagery. when, because in this one we see, we start to do another trope that I love of the franchise where the orbs start getting new powers. Yeah. Right. So we see someone open a box. They're like, hey, what's in here? And then the side of it opens and three orbs come out. Now the orbs have this like cowboy boot spur and it fucking sliced his ear off and it's fucking glorious. It's so awesome. I love the new powers when they add them of this. Yeah, I I just kind of love him having because he has this thing later in the movie where he's at his house and he's like, oh, man, it's got to be just trees. It's just trees. Like, what could be happening? And then the tall man's just, like, in the window, like, <laughs> and he's just fucking pounding Jack Daniel shots. I yeah. just love this guy. He's fun. And it's – this film is moving in a more comedic direction. Yes. yes. But not – but it's not too over the top. It, it, it walks this fine line. Mm-hmm. There's definitely more comedy elements than in the first film. It's but kind of interesting when, because we've had a huge decade-long explosion of horror by the time this happens. Yes. Because at one point we see the ashes, and it's the ashes of Mr. Sam Raimi. Yeah. Right? That's what's written I on the I love that. And you can see Evil Dead written all over this movie. Yes. It's yeah, every, for sure. I mean, Reggie is now Ash. It's tongue-in-cheek, but it still is gnarly when it has to be gnarly. I think it's a great point you're bringing up. But I think that's the other thing, too, is seeing – phantasm like i'd like what if they had made a sequel in like 81 mm. it's interesting to see the sequel be different after this huge explosion of successful horror franchises and how that had to affect the making of phantasm absolutely i think you're absolutely right yeah it would be a very different sequel if it had been made in the early 80s as opposed to the mm. late 80s yeah it's it's so interesting man but yeah because it, it is kind of you see it's, but that's the thing. Even with all the influences starting to come in, it's still really – it's the thing I've always appreciated about the franchise so much is how it just carved this niche for itself. It's really not like any other franchise. Like, you can't really find one where you're like, oh, Phantasm's like that. They're not interchangeable. It's such a unique no. set of films. I was like, even – like, is Wishmaster kind of like this? Maybe. Wishmaster Ooh. sinks faster. It's not as unique as this. Yeah, like the Leprechaun franchise is kind of like one of the like Leprechaun really did something like incredible, which is it just kept making the like beest of B movies. Yeah. And still finding a way to be shockingly entertaining and interesting for a point. Right. Yeah. Like further than Phantasm made it. Yeah. For what it is. They made what fucking 10 of those fucking movies. I would say at least the first six all have my attention. (laughs) I don't know. But I, I like the singularity of this. And then we start getting into the 
now we're doing the the phantasm bits right yeah. Now we have yeah. the because uh, now we introduce new characters, which I think they refer to in the third one as grave diggers. These are mm-hmm. zombies that he brings forth to do his dirty work. Right. We see the grandmother come back as a zombie, which is fucking awesome and hilarious. Um, One of my favorite things they add in this one, because she throws the other fucking grave digger into the fire, which I thought was great. I love that the the sphere stabs the guy's hand into the wall. The gravedigger chops his hand off. This allows them to steal the hand because it is tasted flesh. Right. Right. So now it's satiated and they can use this as a key. Which is a fucking awesome addition because this opens up our new white room, right? What did you make of the addition to the the kind of white room in this one? I mean, Reggie's off having his chainsaw side quest, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> that's a that's a my straight evil dead moment. Fight! Yeah, that, I, mine said chainsaw measuring contest because yeah. he has his little chainsaw and then the guy has the big one. Yeah. But even though phallically that guy's bigger, Reggie eventually puts his right on the guy's crotch and goes up, yes. which is awesome. It's, it's pretty one sided. Yeah. Reggie's getting his ass whipped because he's Reggie. Reggie's he's a normal guy. Whipped. He's not a giant infused grave digger. But he takes that opportunity. That's right. To deliver the master stroke. And that's all he needed to do. That's all he had to do. That one stroke is usually going to be enough on anyone they battle. That's enough. Um, but yeah, what did you make of the white room again in this one? We see that the ball can burn through doors. Yeah. The ball has lasers. I love when yeah. the ball explodes a rat. So what did you make of all? They're adding a lot of new stuff into this phase. It's phantasm again. Yes. Because this one feels often like a big budget remake of the last one. But I love that they're adding new stuff. That's the, if you're I do a franchise too. ad, man, what did you think of the additions? I really liked it. I like, like I mentioned previously, I like that there's this building. It doesn't, and it doesn't feel like retcon. It feels right. like we're learning more more is revealed mm-hmm. it feels very natural to me yeah when we got thrown in in the first film you know and poor mike and jody just like are bombarded <laughs> with all these crazy things yeah. out of nowhere and now as we're into the second film it's like michael's learning more we're learning more more is revealed and i think it really works and i love that it's it's like, okay, we get the portal room comes back. This motif is brought back, but we're learning more about it. The spheres are brought back, but now we see that there's other components that are at play here. It can be used to kill in these other ways. Right. We're lear- learning that once it's hooked into someone, it's kind of inert and you can handle it so yeah. long as it's locked into some flesh. It's kind of, and this one, All they kind of, of turn them really simple cool. machine. Yeah. The first one, they're these ominous, almost like angelic things, right? And this one, they're just like stab things and stop. It's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Because this one has I mean, the, I, I just think it really the, works. Is this the where the it gets stuck in the guy's face? Yeah. Fucking hell. The makeup on that is incredible. Where it it's digging awesome. up the guy's spine. He's like, oh, Right, because it has a blender mode now. Too, and it hits up his you, back after it explodes the rat, right? The other guy yeah. comes in, the one-handed guy's beating him up. When that thing blenders up through his body, the makeup of it stuck, not being able to come through his face. Yeah. is fu- That's why we watch horror movies over and over again. To yes. see that moment. Yes. Fucking loved every second of it. Yeah, when, when the tall man... When the little like alien tentacle thing comes out of his head, like yeah. this little like, I mean, all these little things that you're like, what is that? Yeah, what? But the it fuck? never, yeah. But that's it the feels trope of like... phantasm is adding things that we go what, and yes. never answering them. But we, not we go in back into way. hell world. Yeah, not in the way it's obnoxious. No, not in the way where you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Now you guys are just adding stuff yeah. in here for no reason. They're it's like, reminding no, it's cool. us we are yokels like Reggie who will never know the full picture. Yeah. Because this time they slide into the fucking hell world. It's the same fucking walking tread of like a Led Zeppelin cover, right? They're not doing anything. They're <laughs> yes. just like walk. It's Led Zeppelin 8, I guess. 
And they're just kind of walking around. They bring it back in. They're fucking fighting to turn it off. There's the barrels again. It's all very similar. But now they stab him with his own orb. Awesome. Yellow blood. Tentacle comes out. Oh, fuck. When they stab him full of the hydrochloric acid. And he starts fucking melting. Right? Liz stabs him, right? They're all working together. Yeah. Yeah, with the trocar. That's yeah. another thing about this. The embalming Not to get machine, too yeah. sidetracked. Yeah, all the everyday horror of what happens at a mortuary. Yes. Mixed with the high concept horror of this realm and the, oh, you know. When he's got that yeah. giant thing by her neck vein, mm-hmm. and he's like kind of digging it in, exploratory. Again, maybe like a pause for like a sexual fantasy. He's like, I used to be that vein. And the locals were the need. No, just kidding. But uh, I was like, oh, God, it like made my neck like. Mm. Uh, and yeah, once he's because this is how the tall man should die. This is how you slay a monster, not drop him in a fucking hole. He's yeah. melting and the melting effects are fucking rad. They and good. the thing that fucking sells it right is the eyes popping. So fucking righteous. Right? It's good. So fucking good. And then again, we get into this weird tale of an ending. The ending again, I don't, I think it's just a thing where they just, they don't always land right for me, the Phantasm movies. But again, it's all kind of shifting realities, unreliable narration, Mm -hmm. and they always know they're going to start exactly where it left off last time. Yes. So by this time, I'm kind of trained to not worry about it as much. But they get away in the hearse that Kimmy stole. They're like, thanks for saving us. Yeah. Check the coffin. Make sure it's empty. They do. It's empty. She rolls up the window and they're all cool with that. Right. Presumably yeah. so that well, they can bang Reggie in the thinks back. he's going to get roadhead or something. Even though he's the passenger. <laughs> right. But that's the look on his face. <laughs> he's going to get. Reggie road- thinks he's going to get roadhead or a hand job or something while she's driving. He's I going guess? to be doing it. He's going to be performing the head or the hand job. Right. I mean, that would make more sense. Right. And then Kimmy pulls her scalp down. Yeah. She is now somehow an agent of evil. So between. Because. The tall man, I don't really know how to explain it. Somehow between her picking them up, because I don't know if she's dead when she picks them up. I don't know. Yeah, because Somehow Reggie had told her, time in the take rest, the car and, and go. Yes, and we see a little bit in part three that kind of changes the math on this. Yes. Because part three addresses some of this, but let's just talk about part two right. for now. Somehow between picking that car up and when she pulls her head down, she is now under the influence. I don't know if that means she's dead. I don't know if this is something he's injecting into Reggie's mind, right? All of a sudden, they're swerving. Reggie's outside of the car, bloody. And you're like, no, not fucking Reggie. Like, now we don't want Reggie to die. We're pretty invested in no. Reggie, right? And we think this is his death. And Mike in the back says, it's only a dream. And the tall man goes, no, it's not. And the fucking car starts driving. And I was like, I love that because they are so aggressing and fighting. The probably mixed reception of the ending of the first one. Yeah. And I think it's a fucking badass move to play it exactly the same as the first one and then say, nope. Yeah. So this one works better for me. I think so, too. That that aspect for me, this second film. It. It. Although I did like the narration and I kind of like how we were setting up it, the first half of the film did feel a little slow to me. Yeah. It's a lot of Once vistas driving it, with voiceover. And, yeah. yeah. Once it kicks into high gear, it's like this last act. I think is great. And, and yes, this ending it's, it's a play on what, what we got in the first movie, mm-hmm. but works so much better. And it's so almost like, it's a nod to us like, I know what you thought when you mm-hmm. finished the first film. And here's how we're going to, this is how we're going out in the second film. It's, yeah, yeah, I think it's great. It's a excellent moment for the tall man that, no, it's not. It's so good. I, I, I it. think it's the strongest 
on a filmmaking craft entry of the franchise. And again, when you have the biggest budget of the franchise, it's just going to look prettier. There's The acting is a big fucking improvement in this one. I like that we start to see Angus Scrim unfolding a little more. We get to see a little more of the tall man beyond just, you know, boy. We mm-hmm. see him kind of more as a mastermind now. We see him as this plague going from city to city, right? So I thought they did a great job of honoring the first one, expanding. It doesn't have the same performance art vibe that the first one does. This is a real right. like narrative journey. Yes. But I think it still holds true to all of the stuff we liked. I think it picks the orbs up a notch. It picks the tall man up a notch. It, yeah, the it effects. Picks Angus you definitely up. see the budget on the effects and how much more of the Big spheres time. we see once the spheres enter the story. Because I looked, we don't see a sphere until 50 minutes in. Yeah, not surprising at all. Yeah, but I didn't But I once think... we do, they kick up those effects. Yeah. And I don't know that I would argue this is, I mean, for me personally, I probably rewatched the first one the most, but I think you can make a compelling argument. This one's better than the first one in almost every way. Mm. The difference is, is again, we're talking about that, like what makes a movie. I don't know that this one captures that like lightning in a bottle feeling of the first one, just the weirdness. And they, again, the second one gets the benefit of standing on the shoulders of all that. But it, it looks nicer. It's acted better. The effects are way better. The tall man's way better. The orbs are way better. Reggie's fucking... They, they spend time actually building Reggie and Mike into the characters we're going to ride this ship out with. Sure. And it doesn't ever drag enough to where I'm bothered by it. Right? It's just... I think it's, I a, mean, I think it's a, a really important step to get to more movies. And it this doesn't is like sacrifice Raimi's this Evil Dead, to, right? Yes. It's and Evil Dead to Evil people, Dead 2. There are people that Evil Dead is still their favorite. There are people that say this Evil guy. Dead 2 is better. I'm an Evil Dead 1 guy. And I am too. But neither are wrong. No, they're both fucking amazing movies. Because there's different strengths. <laughs> but yeah. there, there is, you know, when you get to Evil Dead 2, you kind of streamline some of the characters to have like a real clear protagonist mm-hmm. in Ash. There's a little more money, so there's... There's more effects and there's there's more in the budget yeah. for that stuff. A little more polished. It's, the Jawas it's very look similar. better. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It's very similar. There, there's just a. I always have a soft spot for really low budget, like go for it movies. And this doesn't. That's really the hair I'm splitting because Phantasm Two yeah. kicks Phantasm's ass up and down the block, in every metric of filmmaking except for that unquantifiable coolness metric whatever you would call it that magic right there there is an unquantifiable metric of art and phantasm probably wins that by a lot but in every other quantifiable area phantasm 2 kicks the shit out of phantasm 1 you're not wrong that's that's where you want your sequel to be it it's stepped up in every way it's adding to the mythology while not tarnishing the first one So Mm -hmm. I think it's a really successful. This is something we like to do when we do these franchises, right? If I ran you through, where does this rank to you versus other big franchises part two? So let's say Child's Play 2. I think this is is better. I like this better, right? Uh, Texas Chainsaw 2. I like this a lot better. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't even dislike Texas Chainsaw 2. I just think this one's more effective. Scream mm-hmm. two. I would. I. I kind of want to say this. Maybe Candyman two. I don't know. Oh, Scream two is a close one. I would pick this over Scream two. No, I'm giving. I'm giving it Candyman. Candyman two, the New Orleans Candyman. I kind of like that one. I kind of like that one too. I would still have <laughs> Phantasm. Let's go. Nightmare two. I fucking love. I think Friday and Nightmare two are both so good. Yeah. Agreed. So I think those two are better. I think this is better than Halloween 2. Oh, I don't know. Halloween 2 is fun, but it feels off. I'm I'm one of those rare people that's like, I kind of love Halloween 2. I love Halloween 2 also. <laughs> but again, it feels like it's tugging <laughs> against Halloween 1 at times. Sure. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. If you rank all of the big horror franchises, 
I think Phantasm 2 stacks right up there. It's not better than Friday 2. It's not better than Friday 2. Friday and uh, what did I say? Friday and Nightmare Nightmare 2. Those two both have a lot going on, and we've appreciated them more as they've gotten older. Um, Those are both great. But I think any other major franchise sequel, you can stack this right up there. That's a great testament. No, you're not wrong. That's a great testament. That's it for Phantasm 2. We hope you guys have enjoyed it uh, as much as we... I love rewatching this franchise. I actually can't believe it took us this many years to get to it. But I'm glad we're here now. I'm more glad that we're joined by our friend Carmelita for this run. Thank you so much. Would you like to tell the people one more time where they can find you? Yeah. Oh, and, and thank you, my friend, because I am, I am having so much fun <laughs> with this franchise. So folks can find me, Twitter, Letterboxd, same handle for both. Make it easy for you at Carmelita says. That's right. And if you want every episode this month, all 31, you got to go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Uh, support the show over there and we'll give you goodies. Also, you'll get to join Carmelita in our patron exclusive uh, community we have over there on Discord. So you can reach out and talk to her over there too. Um, we work really hard on that to make it worth your guys' time. So if you could, if you're able, if you feel generous enough, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Get yourself every movie. <laughs> We're closing in on Yeah, it's like when you through? go trick-or-treating and they give you the full candy bar. Yeah, that's the right. The Film Alchemist Patreon is like you guys are handing out the full candy bars. Were you more of a full candy bar kid or the dollar bill house kid? Which was more exciting? The full candy bar was more exciting. I, I honestly felt the same. So the $1, what am I doing with the dollar? Right. It's going to go buy a big candy bar somewhere. I agree. You passed the test. (laughs) Well, that's it, guys. Yeah, we are about a third of the way through our October Mega Marathon. You know the deal. 31 days, 31 pods, a podcast every single day this October. If you go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Carmelita will be back for three more Phantasm adventures with us. So we will see you guys tomorrow for Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead. I think Lord of the Dead. Some cool, like, metal album name. Yeah. <laughs>